0: Today, on Grace to the Hearers, with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: Do you guys see the beautiness of this passage? Is that God knew that we were wicked, but he sent Jesus to reconcile us through his death to present you and me holy before God. Man, that is absolutely amazing. So guess what? You're not holy by yourself, but through Christ you can be viewed as holy. So who can stand in the holiness of God? You can, because of Jesus Christ.
0: Today, Pastor Eric shows listeners how the gospel message is made evident even in the book of 1 Samuel. There is only one way to attain fellowship with God, and that is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Mankind has fallen, worthy of death, and filled with unrighteousness. But Jesus' sacrifice atones for it all. And brings us eternal life. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message in 1 Samuel 6.
1: And the crazy thing is, is guys, is, which is mind blowing, is before you were even formed, you already knew all your choices. That's crazy. Man, we could go out and drink coffee all night and talk about that, right? But we got to move on. Okay? So here we go. We 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 know that hardening of the heart is when you reject God. And so the Philistines were at a crossroads, either to reject God and what, he's, what he has shown them, or continue on the path of what the priests said and say, you know what, we're going to acknowledge God in this. So they were at this crossroads. And the advice was to acknowledge God. Do not be like the Egyptians, okay? Having a hard heart is a bad thing. It's a bad place to be, OK? And if you have a hard heart tonight, tonight is the night to break up that hardness. By the grace of God, by His grace and His long suffering, He allows us those opportunities to let the heart be crumpled and formed back in a, into a, a, a moldable heart by His living water, the Holy Spirit. And so if we want that, if, we, if our heart is hardened right now, if we've just been so caught up in ourselves that our heart has been just naturally rejecting God because we're so focused on self, well then if you're tired of that tonight, then just cry out to God and He will send His Spirit, the living water, and soften that heart. Praise God for that. May it be like what Hosea spoke about in Hosea ten twelve. This is the New Living Translation, but I love the way that this is written. It says, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Man, what an awesome thing. You know, the, those good seeds of righteousness is God himself planting the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit within you will produce a crop of love. That seed of planting God in there, in the heart, and it's going to produce a crop of love. Man, a crop of love. So we need to plow up, just as Hosea said, plow up the hard ground of your heart. Well, how do you do that? Well, it involves going to Jesus. And I I was thinking of how Jesus said, you know, come to me, everyone who is heavy laden, everyone who is heavy burdened, come to me, yoke up with me, and I will give you rest. Meaning what? If you want to break up the hard ground of your heart, you need to come to Jesus, link up with him, and then he's going to drive this sleigh of the plow, and he's going to break up this hard ground, and guess what you get to do? You're just along for the ride. It's like going to Disneyland, right? And it's just like, you're on this great ride, but this great ride is with Christ, and he is and you're looking back as he's doing the work. You're a part of it, the work, but it's him doing the work. And you look back and you're like, holy smokes, that hard ground. You know how long I try to break that stuff up by myself? Now is the time to seek the Lord. You know the cool thing about seeking the Lord is this in Jeremiah twenty nine, thirteen it says, And you seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So if you want to find Christ, all you got is look, and you give it your heart. You give it your all. Everything that is about you, I'm giving it to you, Christ. I'm seeking you because I need to see you, because my heart is just hard right now, and I'm tired of that. And so I just need to come to you, and, and I'm going to seek you, and he is going to be found by you because you have sought him with all your heart. Don't harden the heart is the advice given to the Philistines, and it's a great advice to us tonight not to harden our heart to God. Now we're going to see that there's nothing by chance in verses 7 through 16. Now, therefore, make a new cart. This is still the priest talking to the people, right? Now, therefore, make a new cart. Take two milking cows, which have never been yoked, and hitch the cows to the cart and take their calves home, away from them. Then take the ark of the Lord and set it on the cart and put the articles of gold, which you are returning to him as a trespass offering in the chest by its side. Then send it away and let it go. Verse 9. And watch, if it goes up to the road to its own territory, to Beth Shemesh, then he, meaning God, has done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that struck us, it happened to us by chance. Verse 10. Then the men did so, they took the two milk cows and hitched them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they set the ark of the Lord on the cart and the chest with their gold rats and the images of their tumors. Then the cows headed straight for the road to Beth Shemesh and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and did not turn aside to the right hand or the left And the lords of the Philistines went after them to the border of Beth Shemesh. Of course they did. Then the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. Then the cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and stood there. A large stone was there, so they split the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it in which were the articles of gold, and put them in a large stone. Then the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices the same day to the Lord. So when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. So here in this section, we see nothing is by chance. So the priest just got done telling the the, the people, don't harden your hearts. What you need to do is find two milk cows, milking cows, And pull their their young away from them and yoke them up. Because they still had a little bit of doubt that this plague was from God. And so we're going to test God, okay? And so we're going to take milking cows that aren't usually supposed to be yoked together, that have never been yoked together. We're going to put a yoke on them, take their young, because the mom is naturally going to want to go to her young, okay? Okay? Then we're going to put the Ark of the Covenant on the cart. Now, by the way, God was very specific to the Israelites not to put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart. It was supposed to have poles in it to lift it. But the Philistines, they were uh, not aware of this. So God had mercy on them. Okay, He allowed them to put it on this cart. And he says, you know what? No driver. And we're going to see this thing go. And if it goes up to its own territory, then we know it's of God. But if it goes off, then we know it's not of God. So can you imagine this scene? So they take these cows and they hook them together. They've never pulled a yoke before, never been side by side. They're missing their young. And what does God do? He blows their socks off and he drives this cart with the Ark of the Covenant back into the land of Israel. And so they're seeing this cart go. And it says that the, the cows were lowing, right? I think that's how you say it. Uh, that means that they didn't want to do it. These cows didn't want to do this, but they still fulfilled the will of God. And they took the ark over, and the people of Beth they took it, and they offered the cows, which, great, again, great thought, But they were not supposed to offer up female cows. We're not going to get into that. But they did it anyways. God had mercy and allowed the offering to go up, okay? Crazy, okay? Now, this was not by chance, was it? It was God. And so the Philistines were pretty sure that they were from God, but they had to test God. And as David Guzik says, I love what he said about this. He said, After all, who wants to really repent unnecessarily? You know, you don't want to repent if it's not necessary, right? And so here, these guys are like testing God, and they wanted to see if this thing was by chance. These, these tumors were by chance. Now, I found this interesting about the word chance, because there, there's a lot of people who can think that this, that happened by chance, or that happened by chance. But let's, let's read this, okay? When Carl Sagan petitioned the federal government for a grant to search for intelligent life in outer space, how did he hope to find it? By using a super-sensitive instrument that could pick up radio signals from distant space. When he received those radio signals, he looked for order of a pattern, which would demonstrate that the signals were transmitted by intelligent life. In that same way, the order and pattern, the whole universe demonstrates that it was fashioned by intelligent life, not by chance. Well, scientists detect chance in radio signals constantly in the form of unpatterned static, but it tells them nothing, okay? That's not by chance. It's just nothing, okay? Therefore, when someone says that the universe or anything else came about by chance, they are extremely ignorant, okay? This is... That's not my words, okay? This is from a pastor. Superstitious and just parroting a line that they have heard before and unlikely, unthinkingly accepted that thought process. Chance makes nothing happen. It is merely a way of describing statistical probabilities. We live in a cause and effect world, and a chance is not a cause, but God is the great cause. Okay, that is uh, just trying to say what? Why did we even read that? Well, it's just to say that we live in a cause and effect world. Nothing happens by chance. Okay, and so I love this quote. When people don't believe that there is a loving God who sits enthroned in the heavens and has a good plan for our lives, you can't blame them for being afraid, for being proud, for being miserable. Okay, you can't blame them because they don't believe in him, okay? But for those who believe in God of the Bible, there is no excuse for fear, pride, or misery. God is still on his throne. As we go forth into the world, let us believe that the movement of all things is towards the accomplishment of God's purpose. And so really the message is not to unbelievers, it's to believers. You can't go through life thinking that this is happening to me by chance. You've got to remember that it's God behind it. God is behind everything. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is behind every single thing? Because that is the, that's the idea for a believer, is saying that I believe that God is in control, that he is sitting on the throne. God is on the throne. So whatever situation arises, we must know that God has his hand involved in it and that he has a plan and a purpose for that event in your life. So I said this, Yeah, I struggle with the smart stuff, okay? But here's the cool stuff. I want to be like those cows. I just want to be those cows, man, and just fulfill the plan, the purpose of God, the plan of God. Well, how do we fulfill God's plan? Well, John the Baptist is a great example of that. In Matthew 3.15, remember when uh, Jesus came to him and John is like, I'm not going to baptize you. I should be the one being baptized by you. But this is what Jesus said. But Jesus then answered and said to him, "Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness." Here's the key verse or key word in the verse. Then he allowed him. How do you fulfill God's plan? You allow him. <laughs> you allow God. Does he need your permission? No. But if you want to be that believer who says, "I want to allow you to do," or "I want your plan in my life." then you need to allow him. You need to allow him to do his plan in your life, no matter what it looks like. All right, verses 17 through 21. These are the golden tumors which the Philistines returned as the trespass offering to the Lord, one for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashklon, and one for Goth, and one for Ekron. And the golden rats, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities, country villages, even as far as the large stone of Abel, on which they set the ark of the Lord, which the stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. Okay, so now we see that the, uh, just an overall uh, conclusion, the tumors, the, the golden tumors and the rats are gone, uh, they were produced by the Philistines, and they're over in Israel. Verse 19, then he, God, struck the men of Beth Shemesh, oh no, <laughs> because they looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck 50,070 men of the people, and the people lamented, because the Lord had struck the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall we go up from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of kirjoth Jerem, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. Okay, to me, that sounds like a, a, a what just happened over in the Philistines' land, okay? So God strikes the people of Beth Shemesh. Now these were the Israelites. Why? Because the people looked into the Ark of the Lord. Ah, they disobeyed. They they did something that God said not to do. So God punished them. God brought judgment. Now, it says that they struck 50,000 and 70 men. Now, the way that it's written in our Bibles, in, on the original manuscript, it was recorded as 70 men of like 50,000, okay? So, 70 men died of 50,000 men of Shemesh, okay? Just to kind of give you that idea. Uh, but still, 70 men dying is still a large number, okay? So, uh, the slaughter brought lamenting, and so the men of Beth Shemesh asked, who is able to stand before the Holy Lord God? So then they looked to see who would take the ark. They wanted the ark of the Lord out of their presence. Again, they were rejoicing, but then when God's judgment came, they were like, it's got to go. It's got to go. I'm like, what? That's exactly what the Philistines did. They wanted the ark to leave because of this great tragedy. Now, once again, we see the judgment of God falls because of why? Sin. Sin. The Philistines learned their lessons, and they acknowledge God in their sins. But Israel, you would have thought that they would have known better. But here's the cool thing, though. Even non-believers can say that they're wrong. But, you know, as believers, shouldn't we know much more better? Man. But oftentimes, we still screw up, too. The problem is this with the Israelites. Instead of repenting and acknowledging God and his holiness, this group of Israelites reject God's holiness. They rejected it. They said, send it down the road, a familiar statement. We can't handle this punishment, so send God's glory down the road. And so they resisted the holiness of God. And see, the thing is, is that you and I are not holy by nature. If any of you are holy by nature, I want to know. Because that's pretty amazing. Because you're not You're not holy by nature. You are wicked, okay? Don't be like Israel, though, to say, who can stand before the holy God? Yes, I am a sinner. You're a sinner. I keep messing up. But to send God down to the next guy or gal is the wrong thing to do. Just because you can't get it together and you fall short doesn't mean that you should say, it's not for me. Send it down the road, I'm not not perfect, so this God thing is not going to work out for me, so uh, it's going to be better for you or you or you or that guy in the back. It's better for him. It's not good for me. Guys, the fact of the matter is this. God knew that you and I could not stand in his holiness. That is why he sent Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus so that Jesus could die for our unholiness so that we can be viewed as holy in the sight of God. Colossians one 19 through 19-23 says this, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether the things on earth or the things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and you who uh, once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister... Do you guys see the beautiness of this passage? Is that God knew that we were wicked, but he sent Jesus to reconcile us through his death to present you and me holy before God. Man, that is absolutely amazing. So guess what? You're not holy by yourself, but through Christ, you can be viewed as holy. So who can stand in the holiness of God you can because of Jesus Christ. You can because of Jesus Christ. It's because of Jesus, God sees you not as filth, but he sees you as holy. Man, if that doesn't pump you up, if that doesn't encourage your weak, that you say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm instead of wallowing in your mess-ups, man, say, you know what, devil, enemy, I am viewed holy because of Jesus Christ. So if you want to take up my dirt, take it up with Christ. Because he took it all away from me. Man, you're you're, you're viewed holy in the sight of God. That should bring victory, peace, comfort, joy, happiness, everything in the book. Because of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, if you think, oh, I've I've got to get cleaned up before I go to God. It's never going to happen. Just stop. Just come as you are, with your filth, and Christ will take care of the filth and present you clean before God. By faith in Christ, not by works. So what a perfect chance to get clean and holy before God tonight. So what does all this say? What is the conclusion of chapter 6? Well, acknowledge him in everything, okay? Even in times of judgment. Proverbs 3, 5-8, through 8, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. A good verse. Do not harden your heart. And as I like in Psalm 95, one of my favorite Psalms of all times, the psalmist writes For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the day of as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Guys, we need to acknowledge God always. We also not we need not to harden our hearts, but soften our hearts to God every single day and let the the good crop of love be produced by the spirit of God through us. And then we also need to remember that we as believers in Christ need to know that nothing happens by chance. It's all for the plan of God. It's all things happens, you need to look to God and see what he is doing in that situation. And when you have that mindset, it sure does bring a lot of relief. Doesn't it? I hope it does because that is one of my things that I'm going to be intentionally looking at is that I want to look at things not by chance, but knowing that it's God's plan. Joseph got it. He said, Joseph said to his brothers, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Joseph got it. He knew that all things were from God's, for God's plan. And God uses his plan, you guys, And all we have to do is just carry out his plan. Just be the cow. If you remember anything, be the cow. And don't resist the holiness of God. You or I are not holy, but through Jesus Christ you are. May we continue in faith and be grounded and movable for him.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of First Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at That's info at Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.